Producer Alex here. In today's episode, David takes us on a tour through the world of NFTs. His guest is Carmen Aguirre, an artist, entrepreneur, and medical student at the University of Minnesota. She creates NFTs to raise awareness for mental health, demonstrating the power of technology to promote health and well-being. What is an NFT? If you're a Zoomer whose life has lived between TikTok and Twitch and for whom words like Yeet and Dogecoin make perfect sense, this intro is not for you. For the rest of us, NFT stands for non-fungible token. To understand what that means, remember your first weeks of Econ 101. A good is described as fungible when it is wholly interchangeable with other goods of the same kind. Think of commodities like wheat or gold. Commodity markets treat your bushel of wheat the same as my bushel. Your barrel of oil is no different than mine. Cryptocurrencies are another fungible asset class. One Bitcoin or Ether or Litecoin is the same as any other. Got it? Now back to NFTs. NFTs, being non-fungible, are the opposite of the scenario described before. NFTs rely on blockchain technology to store and certify their contents. The owner of an NFT is the unique owner of that asset, which is not interchangeable with any other of its kind. NFTs can be songs or videos or tweets or digital art. If you can encode it, it can be turned into an NFT. Often, these NFTs are accessible to the public, yet their ownership remains uniquely tethered to a single entity, a contractual arrangement undergirded by blockchain. This is a huge new market, with billions of dollars spent this year alone on the purchase of NFTs. Carmen does a wonderful job describing her foray into this world and the work she's doing to promote mental health. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Medicine and Machine Learning Podcast. I'm your host, David Wu, and this week we have a very special episode. We interview Carmen Aguirre, a fourth-year medical student who is also a VJ or visual jockey as well as an NFT artist. Carmen began selling her NFT art earlier this year to raise money for mental health awareness and has already been very successful. She's even been able to pay off her med school tuition using her NFT art sales. It's very impressive how Carmen is able to balance and synergize her medical education, her artistic pursuits, and her business acumen. If you're looking for an inspirational episode on how to hustle using the talents you've been given, this episode is for you. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is Carmen Aguirre, and she is actually one of my peers. She is a current MS4 at the University of Minnesota Medical School. And uh, interestingly, the way that we met was we happened to have a class together. And uh, Carmen's a very interesting person. She has, she's both a medical student and an artist. And uh, today the focus of our interview will be about her NFT art. Um, and so for those of you who don't, maybe, maybe Carmen, uh, if you could just kind of give us a brief primer on NFT art and, uh, you know, your involvement with raising hell, uh, money for like mental health awareness uh, and kind of just tell, tell your story. Yeah, sure. Did you want me to give a little recap of what an NFT is first or... Should I just hop in? Oh, um, maybe, yeah, maybe start with what it is and then kind of how you got involved with it. Okay, so I'll be as brief as possible, but non-fungible tokens, that's what NFT stands for. Um, Basically, the simplest way I can explain what an NFT is, is when um, when you're thinking about an asset, you're either thinking about something that is fungible or non-fungible. Fungible is something like currency, uh, like Bitcoin or US dollars. Those are all fungible. And that means that if you've got a US dollar and I've got a US dollar, they're worth the same thing. Non-fungible 
is a little bit different. It's an asset that we can't quite quantify and compare. So an example would be an artwork from an artist. If you own an artwork from an artist and I own an artwork from an artist, they're not gonna be worth the exact same thing. They're going to be worth different things based on the market value, based on how much somebody wants that asset. Um, and that's what makes it a non-fungible asset. So a non-fungible token is basically what um, that means is somebody's taken an artwork and they're minting it, which I'll explain what that is in a second, onto a blockchain. Um, and um, so minting is just as it sounds, uh, like the way you would mint a coin, you would stamp a coin uh, and it would then become, instead of a chunk of metal, it would become a quarter. You're doing the exact same thing with NFTs. You're on the blockchain, you're taking a token and you're um, attaching an artwork to it permanently. And now that token is gonna be recognized as an NFT. So hopefully that's a really quick overview on what NFTs are. Um, I try to keep it super brief, but I wanna make sure that people know what the heck we're talking about. Um, so yeah, that's uh, what an NFT is. My involvement in the NFT community started in January, I was in of this a, year. Um, of this year. Wow. I was in a uh, rotation for, I think this was uh, in the, it was, I can't, I'm not going to say the hospital, um, but it was an acute care rotation. Um, and we were seeing because of COVID an increase in the number of kids that were coming in with mental health illness. In fact, about fivefold in the amount wow. of kids that were coming in with mental health illness, which was really sad to see. But what was more sad to see was actually the way that the kids were being treated by the staff, by uh, just anyone they interacted with. There was so much stigma against them for having a mental health illness. A lot of the blame was transferred onto them for their symptoms. And um, even the, some of the physicians were fighting over who had to take the kid with mental health illness. Oh my God. Yeah, it was really gut-wrenching. It was something I'm not really, you know, it's something I hate talking about because I love the school where I come from. I love all the opportunities I've had and I don't like to uncover something, you know, like that, but it's something that I think is really important that we do talk about those things so that we get better about them. Uh, there's a lot of stigma in our culture against mental health. And yeah. unfortunately, it exists and it's become normalized. Like nobody around me thought that that attitude towards mental health was not okay, except me. And so oh, it was... Was this a during very, a psych rotation or... This was, no, this was an acute care rotation. So this oh, okay. was uh, like in the emergency room. Um, really and. Sad. Yeah, it was really sad. And as I spoke about my experience in uh, psych class, a lot of people had really similar experiences. So um, I think it's not really necessary to blame on the individuals, but rather the culture that we live in and the stigma that exists around mental health. And I think the only way to combat that or to make things better is by changing the dialogue we use around mental health and really talking more about it. So this is why I talk about it. Um, it's a dark thing that, that really inspired me because I wanted to do something about it. Um, and my way of doing something about it wasn't, I'm going to change the world because I didn't think that. I just thought, 
well, I need to express what I'm feeling and I want to put it out there so other people that feel the way I feel about this topic um, or that are experiencing mental health can feel like they're not alone with the way they feel. So I started making artwork about mental health. And as I found the NFT world, I thought this is a great opportunity. Not necessarily was I ever planning on raising loads of money for charity or making money or anything like that, but I wanted to just open dialogue around mental health. And I thought if I create this artwork, I can host rooms and we can talk about topics around mental health and maybe there'll be a little more clarity and a little more discussion around how we should do better. And so that was really my goal. That's how I became involved in the NFT community. Uh, and yeah, it just turned into something I never thought it even could. So yeah, that's like a brief overview of that. And I guess to clarify for our listeners, when you say community, you mean like, you know, people on Clubhouse, Discord rooms, like could you kind of describe the community uh, sure, and also yeah. how you found it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm specifically the most involved with Clubhouse with the NFT community in Clubhouse. But when I speak about NFT community, I speak about anyone that's making NFTs, anyone that um, goes to conferences around NFTs that uh, maybe holds Twitter spaces or Discord spaces around NFTs, anybody that's involved minting NFTs, uh, really just that's what I mean by the community. But yeah, if I speak about my specific community that I've created, it's mainly in Clubhouse and Discord. So those are really the two communities where uh, you can host rooms and do lots of amazing things uh, in terms of reach. Yeah, I was wondering, could you walk us through the, the process of, um, I guess, creating a piece of work and then sharing it? with the NFT community? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> well, I think when we talk about creating it, I mean, a lot of the NFT artwork I create is very different from client work that I do. So I also do, um, I should have mentioned this before, but I also do animation oh, yeah, and yeah. Um, art for uh, visuals for live events. Uh, I also do like, um, contracted work for graphic design and contracted work for animation uh, there you're working for a client and the nft community is really the first time where visual artists have had the opportunity to work for themselves and make their own ideas so the process for me has really changed a lot uh, before i would look at a prompt write down ideas come up with uh, you know, things that I think would be cool. And this is different. I have to come up with everything from the start to finish the entire idea for, for what I want to do. So that's where I start. I start in idea phase and it starts with really rough sketches on like a notepad uh, that might be um, coming up with how the job would be structured, um, how uh, that project is going to have utility in future for uh, the collectors that collect your work. Um, coming up with really a roadmap, as they call it, of where that project is headed, what other drops you're going to do in future for it, um, and the, the, how you're going to build that concept out. So it starts with an idea, and then it go to the drawing board and come up with characters or um, environments and things that I want to use for this. And then I start to put them together 
and come up with, okay, these are going to be the NFTs that I sell. And each one of them are going to represent X, Y, Z and really come up with that structure. And then when you kind of work on the art and finish the art, then goes to the animation phase. Um, that's where you really bring things to life and bring your emotion to life of your drawings. So that's really the process that I go through. Um, and from there, then once you finish the animation, then it goes into the minting phase, which is so um, the animation is what do you mean by animation? Is it like a like a moving image or, or yeah, yeah, I take I take my uh, hand-drawn 2D images and I animate them in an animation program. Oh wow. So and then I will I typically do um, pieces that are animated. Um, I sometimes do animated in music. In which mm -hmm. case, um, I do very minimal music stuff. So I often will bring in a collaborator to help with the music end of things, if um, if that's where I had with that particular piece. Um, but I, I yeah, feel like I should I, briefly share, yeah. like how our friendship began. Was you know we were in a, a class together, and then I forgot how it came up. I think somehow we talked about like Ariana Grande. I said Grande, and you were like, oh no, her name, her real name is actually, or she prefers Ariana Grande. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that? I asked you, I was like, what do you mean? She prefers Ariana Grande. And you're like, she, that, and then I was like, how do you know? And then you said, I, I work for her. And I, I was yeah. like, what? I thought that was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah, I worked on, um, I worked on one of her animations for her live shows, uh, the Seven Rings video. So I did her, uh, I did some of the work uh, for animating that that piece so yeah and um have kind of been involved uh since on a number of the like visual designs going forward but yeah it's a uh, um that's what I do I, I make that mainly cool. so yeah it's very different though from my nft work like uh the nft work is super directed towards whatever concept I've come up with and what I want to make and so yeah they differ those two worlds kind of differ greatly should we share your social handles or, or not? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think, you know, your Instagram is super cool. Um, what is it? It's at VJ Neurite, right? Or yeah, so it's V-J-N-E-U-R-I-T-E -E, um, because my artist name is Neurite. Ah. And um, the reason I chose that is... Um, as many people in the medical field know what in, uh, neurons are and neurites are projections from neurons. Ah. And um, the way that I think about them is uh, that really is connecting the visual and the processing side of things. So and cool. so, oh yeah, that was, I wanted to have some, I'd always, I was medical, always curious about yeah, I wanted to have some type of medical like interest behind the visual side of things and really connect those two loves uh so that's where the name came from and yeah it's quite unique people remember it so that's good and i you know i think it's very you're, you're a very memorable person because i remember as like a i think we met during my first year of med school i was like it, it seemed like you had like a separate career <laughs> you know yeah. it, it seemed like um uh, you know because you were always traveling for your concerts and whatever and i just thought that was so cool but also so crazy. I was like, how, you know, med school is so tough already. How do you find the time to, and, and also the talent to be able to do both? You know, I was wondering yeah, if you could speak crazy. to that briefly. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I never really expected I was going to do both. Uh, somebody, one of my old mentors 
told me, or former mentors, I should say, I shouldn't call them old, uh, told me I needed to go find a hobby that was completely unrelated to medicine and do that and before I started school. So I thought, all right, I'm going to do something in like music because I like music and I'm going to start with just driving artists around uh, for the local club. And um, yeah, just I drove them around. Yeah, I would just pick them up from the airport, drive them to the show, get to go attend the show and hang out with them. And that was kind of fun, you know, like, How'd so you that, that was job? Uh, just knowing, you know, you meet people networking, That's you so know, awesome. So yeah, that was a job I, I I did like right before starting med school. And in that process, I met a VJ that was working on a tour. He showed me a couple things and I was like, that's really cool. Kind of forgot about it for like six months. Wait, does and then VJ stand for visual something? Jockey. Yeah. Visual oh, jockey. Oh, DJ VJ. Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. So DJ cool. VJ. So yeah. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So I met a VJ. He, he showed me some stuff. I kind of forgot about it for a while. And then I came back to it. Like he was doing a show in town and he was like, do you want to come VJ and like, try it out? Um, I'll do it. I'll like set you up separately and I'll just cut you in for little moments. So like, don't worry if you mess up. And like, so he set me up and I tried it out and I loved it. And I thought it was so cool. Um, so that's how I started. And, uh, like, pretty crazy like progression with that um I very quickly kind of climbed in the into working with some dubstep artists uh and working at some major festivals and then um kind of got into doing stuff with some pop artists more recently uh but yeah the it was a crazy experience I'm in med school I'm flying every weekend out to shows uh to VJ like didn't expect that was ever going to be a thing so it, it definitely came out of nowhere you know like so I cool. thought it was going to be a hobby and it ended up being uh my income that I was making so that was really um yeah that was really the start it wasn't quite enough money to cover like is enough money to cover all my living expenses and I was able to buy myself a house and that was really great what? um but wasn't In I didn't pay yeah, but didn't but didn't have like enough to quite like Dude, awesome. you know I fully pay tuition. I was still borrowing some money, and um, then yeah, that kind of changed uh, after I got more serious in that career, and um, yeah, it was quick climb up, and then NFTs came along, which uh, kind of happened at a convenient time in terms of like the live industry quieted down quite a lot. Um, VJing was not really a thing for the last year during COVID. Uh, so my clientele for live animation pretty much went to nothing. Um, and I was quick at, in reacting and saying, how, what do I do? So I took a concept art course at the graduate school at MCAD and Whoa. started doing illustration, completely pivoted my business to doing concept art and release animations for songs because those are still coming out um and started doing after I finished the course started doing nfts and really built up a completely different income stream and then now the live events have come back and so now I have three crazy huge things that like we're supposed to all be hobbies that then turned into not so much hobbies um the nfts the vjing what's the third one uh well 
med school, oh, med school. Um, you know balancing three things that that little thing that I do on the side no, really that's crazy um, so that's yeah. like 95 percent of med students that's, that's their one thing you know yeah right 100%. that's crazy man yeah it's not so and and in COVID like live events have kind of come back but not in the same capacity uh and because of the risk of COVID, I do pretty much everything from home. So that's something I should just mention that like, I just do a lot of animation uh, for the live events. Uh, but yeah, traveling to live events at the moment with COVID, it's not the same as it used to be, you know, but it's still an income that's producing, or I mean, an income asset that income producing, asset, I don't know, income producing wow. business. Yeah. That's more the word I think I'm looking for. You're hustling. For. Yeah, but um, yeah, timing wise, like I pretty much wake up in the morning with the longest to do list on the planet. And I would chug away at that to do list until I go to bed. And then, you know, I sleep very little. I always have since I was a young kid. So I sleep very little. Um, I wake up and I do the task list again. So I don't really go do crazy stuff on the weekends with friends and I you know I work is my life so that's that's something to like I think is important to like um say because like some people would be like oh my god how is it even possible it's like well I bet if you stopped hanging out with your friends and did all <laughs> you know like cut out all the stuff you do that's fun in your life maybe if you, you started working I do, but yeah if all you do is work you probably manage to do all the things that I do on a daily basis um yeah you stopped enjoying yourself <laughs> stopped enjoying no I enjoy myself I like working but yeah it's I'm a workaholic and like I work really hard to make sure I don't drop any of the things that I'm juggling so yeah it's not something I necessarily like recommend for everyone like it it really like if it works for you it works for you and it works for me but I don't think this like lifestyle would work for most people you know yeah yeah that's uh, yeah I mean like I think it's so impressive that you can balance these three different things that you know for most people is just a you know the only thing um, would you say like, what are, what are your biggest hurdles like in, in this process or in your day to day? Yeah, well, definitely time management is a huge hurdle. Like it, I, I have to have checklists for everything. Like I literally have a huge checklist that I put everything down. If I need to call someone, I put it down. Like, um, so yeah, that I can't really slip up on that. And if I slip up on that, the, everything starts to fall out of place so that that's a hurdle just like managing that um another like big hurdle is just getting over creative blocks like sometimes Mm. you do not feel creative and that's not great when you have a creative deadline now with nfts there's less creative pressure with deadlines so it kind of kind of works a lot better for me to be honest but with the client work there's deadlines and it can be stressful so i think Mm that's one of the bigger hurdles that, um, you know, it's just a matter of not overpressuring yourself with, uh, if you don't feel creative, go do something else for a little while and come back to it, you know? So it's a little bit of, of just 
trying to manage that. Um, it's a the tricky thing when your income relies on your creativity. So that's one. And then, like I said before, like it can be really hard when you work every weekend and you have all of this on when life events happen. So mm-hmm. friends will get married. They want me to be in the wedding. Me saying yes to being in a wedding might might be me losing income for a whole month or something like that. Oh, wow, Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's yeah, like a huge yeah. thing for me to like to to say yes and skip a weekend of work or um like you know I'm gone most weekends. So most of the events that happen with my friends, like a lot of the times I miss a lot of that and that sucks, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's, those are kind of the biggest hurdles. It's like balancing life and my home life with um, balancing all of those other things. That's, yeah, it's really just a matter of like, yeah, trying to keep everything, everything together. (laughs) Wow. What what is your, your favorite part? about this process oh my favorite this process or just about about nfts or about creative work or oh let's say both okay i think as a general statement with both lumped together it would be the effect on my mental health like when i started medical school my first year uh i i wasn't really fully a vj yet you know remember i was kind of just starting out learning how to Mm -hmm. vj um and my mental health was horrible. I, the stress of med school, the stress of hanging out with all friends that all they talked about was the stressful med school, you know, it was a lot and it really took a toll on me. And I was finding myself, um, all of the, a lot of the med students in their first year, they fall to like drinking or they fall (laughs) like some kind of fun release, you know, and like, yeah, not always healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the first few months of school, I saw myself even just like doing that more frequently than I ever had. And it not really being a healthy thing because I wasn't dealing with the stress properly. Um, And when I found a creative outlet and started doing creative work, um, it really filled that gap because I was putting away med school. Like Mm. my meds, my med school degree comes with no pressure in the creative world. No one cares that I'm in med school. Like no one's coming to me asking to answer crazy questions or ask for a life-saving thing, decision, or there's none of that, you know? So I think like, you know, if I mess up on the visual side of things, the worst thing that happens is like a client doesn't get their artwork or like, you know, the show doesn't look as good as it could have looked. Like those are the scariest things that happen in the visual world where like in medicine, if you mess up, people can die, Mm. you know, like, so I think like the pressure is very different and it's a really nice release to like have your mind be completely somewhere else and then refresh completely. And then when I come back to study, studying I'm really there you know I Mm. I've gotten a break I'm not oh dreading to learn about cardiobiopathy or whatever you know yeah yeah. it's just yeah I'm like I'm here and present and so I think that's that's a really that's probably one of my favorite things about all of it and then just like creating art in general is just really awesome like it creating my own stories, being able to raise money for mental health, like all of those things fall into the same category, but are all reasons why I just love doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if we could talk more about the, the raising money for mental health. So, uh, 
I know you've already raised quite a lot of money, you know, over a few thousand dollars or like thousands, thousands of dollars for uh, mental health. And, and I know that uh, I think you only donate around, or it's like you donate about 10%, but that 10% has already been thousands of dollars. So, you know, you, you've been quite successful in the yeah, NFT world. Definitely. And uh, I don't know, could you talk more about kind of like, you know, your, your mission and then kind of like, I guess what that process has been like? Yeah, sure. Well, I work with a couple of different mental health charities, um, but one of the main ones I do a lot of the drops for is uh, actually a podcast at the U of M. Uh, Kaz Nelson has a podcast called The Mind Deconstructed, Mm -hmm. and I raise some money for um, them, which has been really awesome. And then I've also um, raised some money for suicide prevention. um, And yeah, it's one of those projects, so I was involved in one of the projects uh, around suicide prevention. Um, they chose the charity, but it was about mental health and they wanted me to be involved. And the project itself donated 25 grand to um, charity, which was really amazing. And that's just wow. that kind of money NFT is project. like making a difference. Yeah, that NFT project yeah. uh, donated 25,000 because that one was fully that's crazy. for mental health. So that one was like the full profit went to it. Uh, but I was just one of the artists involved and it was like crazy to raise that kind of wow. money. And yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, this, you know, my day-to-day uh, projects, I raise money for Kaz's podcast. And it's just, I've always wanted to do charity work, but never really made the margins to do so. And like, being able to give a percentage of what I make to a charity really like it's such a rewarding thing to finally be able to do something like that. You know, I've I've wanted to do it for a really long time and client work doesn't really give you that. Uh, You don't quite have the liquidity to do that. So Mm -hmm. it's um, yeah, it's been the first, first time that I've really like gotten into that and um, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah, that's so you're paying it forward yeah. already. Yeah, and I think so more cool. so than the money, like the conversations, these drop rooms that we have for these NFT drops will have hundreds of people that come through and talk about their stories about mental health, their struggles, um, different topics around it. And I just think like that's honestly the most powerful thing out of all of it. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm curious about, um, you know, we were talking earlier about the process of from kind of inception to drop. And uh, I, we got to the point where, you know, you, you would draw things out on the note, notepad, kind of sketch it out, and then you would animate it. But then from animating to the drop, like, could you kind of talk about the process there? Yeah, sure. So it depends on the platform you're choosing, but you will then take your animation and you'll be minting it onto the blockchain. Uh, mm-hmm. And you will also be adding, when you do that, you're adding descriptions, you're also adding properties. So like, for example, I did this emotion monster drop and the monsters have different properties and strengths and weaknesses and things about them that um, can be used for future utility. So like I could make a game in future, those properties could translate to that game and could give it functionality of that monster or something of that such. So you're building in utility for future. Um, And then 
Um, from that point, once they're minted, then you set them for sale. You can either sell them as buy nows, which I did for my very first drop or mm-hmm. auctions, which I do now because, um, there are too many people, multiple interested parties, um, for the pieces. So you kind of have to do an auction because otherwise mm. people don't find that to be fair. <laughs> so it was requested by my collectors. It'd be that's great that you have collectors, which is, is yeah, so cool. Totally. Um, yeah. That's so cool. Uh, I'm curious, you know, cause we are the, the medicine and machine learning podcast, but yeah. you know, a lot of medicine and tech. Um, I'm curious how much, I guess, how much like tech savviness do you need for this whole product? Do you need to do any coding for NFT drops or like? No, it- you can make your own smart contracts if you want, but you do not need that knowledge. Like my projects, I don't, I don't even write smart contracts. Um, the platforms make them very easy. I will say it's not an easy process when you're first getting started. You definitely have to do a lot of digging. Uh, it can be tricky because there's not a ton of information online yet about how to mint mm. and how to do all those things. Um, so it can be a little bit hard, that process. Um, but it's um, not too bad once you get going. I'm not the most tech savvy like person. Like I know I'm a VJ and I do visual stuff, but I, I didn't even know how to set up a secondary display on my computer before I became a VJ. So that's, if that gives you some context about crazy. where my tech knowledge is at. Um, yeah, that it wasn't high. Uh, and, you know, I managed to make an entire career off of doing visuals. So that's I think so cool. like you can start from nothing and totally like I didn't know anything about cryptocurrency back in January. In I January, know, you didn't know anything about crypto? I didn't know anything. I didn't, I didn't even have investments in it or anything. And now you're getting like, paid and you're getting made, you're making yeah. bank from it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm making some money from it. And it's uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like I literally, yeah. If you, if you set your mind to it and you're willing to be open to learning, you can totally do it. I feel like this is a big year for you. Yeah. Not, you, know, not, you got the NFTs taken off and then you got, um, you know, live music is coming back. So I'm sure you're getting booked like left and right. Yeah. Um, how, how are you feeling? Oh, it's, I'm kind of just like going with it, you know, like. Uh, oh, and you're graduating next year or this year, next year? Next year. Next year. Oh my God. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. So it's, yeah, should be fun. Oh, you're applying a residency, right? Yeah. Yep. You think yeah, in psych I'm, or? I don't know yet. I was Pete's neuro for sure, but I'm pretty much between like oh, yeah, neuro Pete's... and psych. Okay. Those are like the two that I really like. So that that um, HHD five was like really easy for me because mm. I was like, this is my stuff. So yeah, something in that are, category. Are you um, for sure set on continuing your medical education and career, um, or yeah, would you ever totally. consider just kind of you know like? No, Doing your, I, I want to be, for a little bit, I wanna do medicine. I'm really uh, set on that. People ask me it all the time. And I think I'd be more likely to give up my visual animation BJ stuff than I would um, medical school and me- medicine. Um, so mm. yeah, if, if it came down to it, uh, I would probably, if I had to kick one off the plate, it would be that one. And I would keep doing the NFTs and medicine. So we'll see. Mm. Why is that? Why would you kick that one off the plate? 
because traveling is a lot <laughs> and I sometimes it might be nice to be home but yeah traveling what are some of the clients that you've worked for oh my gosh I don't even know I'd have to look at a list what are some um, of your favorite besides Ariana Grande well, my favorite are going to be probably the dubstep the dubstep artists so like mm. virtual riot and barely live are two that I tour with regularly um they're uh they're artists that I've built relationships with over um, many years so that they would so probably cool. be my favorite um artists to work with just any of the ones that honestly like I, I hate picking a favorite because like I love them all um they're all awesome and uh those are just two that I have focused a lot more of my time on recently and then um yeah in the pop scene um you know it's it's different with pop. Like you kind of get hired to do jobs rather than necessarily exclusively working with mm. that artist. So yeah, I've done a lot of one-off jobs for pop artists and um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's just not quite as intimate as some of the like dubstep stuff. So yeah. Mm. I'm curious, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm guessing a lot of these artists are like around the same age as our med school peers. Would you say maybe kind of? Uh, yeah, a lot of them are similar aged. How, how would you say they are similar or different um, <laughs> from our classmates? You know, like, is, is the energy different between like, you know, your average med school student versus your average like artist, like someone who's chosen that as their profession? Oh boy, the mu you're saying a difference between medical students our age and the music artists our age? Yeah, because I feel like med students give off a certain energy, you know, for better. Yeah, or worse. if you take if you took a med student and reverse the, the age by like 15 years, that would be where like all the music artists are at. They're what? all like children, man. <laughs> They're all mean? children. I love it. They are. They're so... like, because a lot of them like found money quite early and like. As musicians. Haven't really. Yeah. And like, haven't really grown up. Like a lot of them are just like giant kids. Some of them can't even like, some of the ones I love the most, uh, totally love them they're like my best friends but um they can't even like make food for themselves and like no way <laughs> yes totally they like postmates everything because they don't cook and they like don't do their laundry like I they send their laundry out and stuff yeah but um oh my god yeah a lot of them are just giant kids and unfathomable wow. they don't they don't really ever have to grow up uh, because they have managers and managers take care of their whole life for them. They're professional so a lot parents. of the times they're perfect. Yeah, they are like, honestly, a lot of them are giant kids, but that's not to say all of them are, but a lot of them, like you kind of, if you turn the dial back like 10, 15 years, that's kind of like, yeah, they're kind of like teenagers and they're, that's where they're kind of like at and they grow up eventually, but <laughs> that's so cool. Wow. Med students are way more type A, way more mm. to, like they're not going to miss deadlines, right? Like <laughs> they don't miss things. They turn shit in on time. They don't like. Because um, they're afraid. Yeah. We're run by fear. Yeah. We're driven by fear. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, they, it's completely different style and energy. Wow. So, yeah. that, that's super cool. Man. Um. You know, I'm going to ask a question that we ask every guest, but I'll kind of tweak it a little bit because we didn't really talk much about AI in this, uh, in this episode, but, uh, you know, we normally ask like, how do you think technology or AI will change medicine? 
in 10 to 20 years or what will it look like in 10 to 20 years? But my question to you would be, uh, how do you think technology will change medicine in 10 to 20 years? Oh, wow. Well, I think the biggest advantage, so like AI specifically started in the 50s, kind of grew in popularity in like the 80s. Um, and now it's starting, we're seeing it to be more applied into medicine, but that was only recent, like in the 2000s that that started happening. But I do see a lot of application for it with primary care. I see a lot like in terms of mental stuff, primary care and treatment for patients that um, are suffering from mental health. I see a lot of application for it in physical form for surgeries and things of that such. Um, and and uh, we already see a little bit of it with, um, with uh, like diagnosing and, and things like pre-diagnosis and triaging. So I think we're gonna see it play a lot bigger of a role. And I, I'm really exciting, excited about it because I think the medical field is overrun right now. I think that as we use more technology, we actually will save money um, mm -hmm. And that will hopefully drive down some prices of some of the things yeah. that we have to pay for. And so I think there's a lot of really good application uh, for what we um, are going to see with it. So, yeah. Uh, this is our, our last question. Okay, um, cool. If you could give yourself one piece of advice uh, 10 years ago to, you know, to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself? Oh boy. If I had to go back and tell myself in my twenties, something, uh, I think I would probably tell myself that it's okay if you want to do something creative, because I was kind of always led under the impression that if I did a creative job, that I would be poor and have no money. And it's not to say that it would have changed me going into medicine because it wouldn't have, but I think I would have felt a lot less guilty about wanting to have creativity play a bigger part in my life. And it, it ended up playing a huge role in my life now, right? Yeah. But like, you know, I found my way back, but I felt a lot of guilt and really pushed it aside when I was younger um, because of that. So that's something I think I would have told myself early on um, that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Carmen. It was such a pleasure having you on our show today. And uh, I guess to our listeners, check out her work uh, at BJ Neurite, right? So, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much.